looked as if he'd kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Let's talk sport with RTL Today Radio. Kia ora and good and from RTL Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. You're with myself, Nathan Snade, Mamaka across the across from me, Scott Brown. He's uh, he's taken uh, his back rightful at, seat. Back, back at the control. So Nathan has he's back at the start this time, you know. Mate, he's, he's back at the start and he's also got a, what, what a one heck of a suntan on him. It was more of a sunburn. It is just confirming, yep, it's the 29th of March. The weather is lighter and brighter. It is show number 84. And tonight we have Fraser James Gilbert Alexander. Say that fast as you can three times, go. Fraser James Gilbert Alexander. Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> that proper Luxembourgish accent Welcome there. to Let's Talk Sport. Thank you for the invite. You're very, very welcome. I th- I've, I've got a funny feeling it's a little bit overdue. Yeah, you, I, I think that's be fair to say. I've been stalking you on Instagram. I love some of the uh, some of the stuff you've been pumping out there. It's it's always good, you know. If a trip, whatever you've got, a trip to the toilet, you know, a bit of quiet time. If you've got kids at home, just a naughty little session on Instagram. Just have a creep, see what's uh, yeah. see what's going on out there. Guilty pleasure, yeah, for all of us. exactly. Who needs a magazine huh, when you've exactly. got your phone these days? You know. Now, uh, for any of those out there that want to get involved in the show, please uh, contact us. Throw your two sentence worth in. It is six two one fifty two five thousand. We're going to have a little giveaway. Aren't we, we are. Scott? We are obviously based you know, on last week. Unfortunately, I set the bar pretty high last week. We did a competition. We had two tickets to the Portugal Luxembourg match. Unfortunately, it didn't really go Luxembourg's way. Um, but yeah, the interaction we were having from uh, the punters listening in was absolutely amazing. And obviously, promise you know, and you never make a promise. So I promised we would always do a giveaway for a competition. So I have got you two got a, pieces. I was say, you haven't got, got some some socks on there. Yeah, as well. yeah. <laughs> some running <laughs> socks. Have you? <laughs> Um, I've got two pieces to give away. I've got a lovely RTL Today Radio glass water bottle. You know, very important to stay hydrated if you're Let's watching it in. Up there, and can, I've also see got, them. if you check on our Instagram page, you can uh, see some of the stuff I've been wearing recently by a company called Squash Dudes. We've got a, um, a T-shirt yeah. You'll know there to give away. The Peter Creed himself. P- Peter Creed, um, who's obviously uh, given us a few bits to uh, to spread the uh, spread the uh, squash word i guess well actually it's quite interesting one about the the, this t-shirt because it's not really a squash it's a little bit of a squash because there's a slight um, design on it that looks squashified but if you don't if you uh, don't know you'll never know but he designed this shirt basically because he wanted something where a squash player or or a sportsman could wear the shirt whilst they uh whilst they're doing sport whilst they're running but also not only that you could put it on after your match and you could actually wear it as like a casual shirt have a beer. even better than that it's a place we can uh, it's a shirt that you can also wear at any time of the day it's just a t-shirt but let's no cut, let's uh, let's bounce into the important part uh, of this fraser you've got 84 seconds you are on the clock <laughs> who the hell are you what are you doing in luxembourg i've got a 
little bit about you when you first came in. We all started getting excited just before I pressed the red light there. So go, hit me 84 seconds, what you got? Grew up in Luxembourg, was in the Boy Scouts, uh, and uh, played the trumpet, graduated from secondary school, then went to the University of East Anglia to study computer science. Didn't want to grow up, really, so went to Sandhurst, joined the British Army, uh, commissioned into the Royal Electrical Mechanical Engineers, spent 10 years in the British Army, roaming the world, Afghanistan, Iraq, Kenya, Canada, Germany, and then decided, come on, get serious, come back to Luxembourg, set up house, home, and finished off as a platoon commander in Sandhurst, instructing the future officers of the British Army. Then went did a bit of consultancy uh, for... Ended up at a big four, thought, hey, no, come on, I need to get back to the forefront of society and get some responsibility. And so I took advantage of the Queer Einsteiger programme and became a, a primary school teacher here in Luxembourg. And I'm happily settled now for four years in this job, really, 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 really loving it, responsibility and all this kind of stuff. And... um Trying to still run a bit, and it's about sports day, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything better than going into work every day and bumping into Stefan Sharp. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll cycle into work <laughs> okay. and then bump into him. Not, I mean, I don't want to bump into him because he's massive, isn't he? Because if I bumped him, I might break a rib or break a shot. Made a glass, though, just yeah. so you know, he's made a glass. Is he? Good. Says, says me these days. <laughs> That's one heck of a, an intro. First question that comes to my heart, is there any rock that you haven't had a look under? I mean, you've done everything. Yeah, you've been the big four, you've been in the army, <laughs> you've also taught, um, you've, you've, you've taught other cadets. What do you call them, cadets? No. Recruits. Yeah, you, you, recruits, recruits, recruits. Cadets, yeah. 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 You, 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 you've taught them. So it's, two, it's two pages enough for your CV, is it, huh? Far out, there's nothing you haven't done. <laughs> you're, spo- you're supposed to say, stay with two pages, yeah, but, uh, yeah. well... And you're still only a spring chicken. How do you do this? Get rid of the references bit at the bottom. References available on request, you know. That's that's what you (laughs) add at the end of it. So... First, let's, let's, uh, let's try and evolve this as we go. Your handle on Instagram is... Disco Aqua Jogger. Disco Aqua Jogger. If you're listening in, go and have a follow of my man. Get hopefully get the followers up. That's what it's about these days. Nathan, that's you need another, to get your followers up as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the best yeah. on social media, but I certainly through the Let's Talk Sport, we uh, I've, I've been watching it. Disco Aqua Jogger. That's one hello. That's an yeah, A plus name. So where the hell does that come come about? I mean, it used to be Marathon Fraser, which is quite boring. Everybody yep. could do that. Um, so it's very common for runners when they're injured do aqua jogging. Great for keeping your form. It does, let's call a spade a spade here. Is that just treading water? It is just treading okay, water, right, effectively. Okay. Sounds good. Do it properly. Good. It's it's a good workout. You can do sprints. You can do a bit of strength work. They're, they're, you know, good runners are known. Injured, get in the pool, and you will then create better better recovery time. Like low recover, impact, isn't it? Low yeah. impact. Yeah. So, so will they actually swim, or will they... Run you are running on the spot. Yep. Okay, clearly there's, there's a bit of fat on me now. Used to be a lot less fat on me, and you, you, I sink, and so I need a belt to run on the spot. And you can do robot movements and crisscross here and do that. And so it's a really good workout. So I was out in Italy with my athletics club, the uh, Cercle Athletique Belvaux from from the south, and the, I was out there with the triathletes, and I was doing aqua jogging. And in the background, there were this club, and they had pumping music, and they were on the bicycle, the the water bicycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got this crazy idea, you know, this is disco aqua jogging. 
and it was actually the World Championships. I created the World Championships. <laughs> I am the only disco aqua jogger that there is. A, and clearly, who's going to win and be the World Champion? None Me! Other, I am the you. World Champion in disco aqua jogging. Nathan, maybe you, you could have a conversation with Fraser afterwards here, because Nathan's always like, I can't come for a run with you. We like to go and sprint upstairs and stuff, and, you know, put the world to rights. Nathan's always like, oh, I've got plantar fasciitis, I can't do it. But we found Mate, something... You're, if you're a runner, you'll know what plantar fasciitis is. Yeah. yeah. But, but if you're a, surely it would benefit Nathan to take up such a sport, you know? I need a runner-up. Yeah. You need a runner-up. Federation <laughs> needs a runner-up. Someone you can jump on if you need to float a bit okay, more. Okay, no, right? I'd, be, I'd be all right on that. Yeah, I don't need no um, yeah, buoyancy on. I'm, I'm going Se- well at the moment. Secretary position's still open as well. <laughs> yeah. A few roles, huh? There's a yeah. place for me. A few There's roles. Honorary president. <laughs> Thank you. Honorary. Thank you. I'm, flattered. Honorary. I'm flattered. As long as you get a business card out of it, I'll be I'll be happy enough. But uh yes, yeah, a disco aqua jogger. So but your your I guess your sporting background is from longer distance running. Yes, um, definitely. And I've I've told this before, but I uh I was ignorant enough to my brother's big into his marathons and stuff, and I had a, a debate with him one day about you know, it can't be that difficult to complete a marathon. And during COVID, I've said, right, I'll go and run one. So I'm obviously conditioned for rugby, which is obviously short and intense and uh, marathons are slog. And I tried to, I left the house at six in the morning, had a big bowl of pasta the night before. I completed 34 kilometres, which wasn't too bad. But basically the last kilometre was me just like, <sighs> then I just went home and then ordered Domino's pizza. And that was the best bit. But yeah, props to anybody who can, who can you knock know, out a marathon. Who, who can bang it. And then those lunatics who, uh, I mean, there's always the rumblings about your man going under two hours, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, the I was about to say that. So yeah. they've nearly done it. I think there's about half a, half a minute left to go and yeah. they're putting loads I, of science into that and everything. I think he did it once, but I think there was something to do with the course. Well, uh, was well, it, we got was very it close the, to... Um, was it not with the, with the new shoes? It was, was with, the Nike, with, the, with the Nike. With the Nikes, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, I've loved the marathon since I was 25 or 26. I did the Marathon de Sable. What was your, then, was that your first marathon? So I started the crazy Marathon de Sable through family friends here in Luxembourg. And effectively that was one of my first marathons. There's a marathon stage in that, the second last day, which is a 42 kilometres. But you've got the other distances before and after. So it amounts to 200 kilometres during the week. But, uh, how, how many how many marathons, official marathons, would you say you've completed? I say, would you say you know exactly how many you've done? Uh, I think it's about a dozen. It's not that many, really, because I'm pretty sure my brother, my brother got into it because my un- my great uncle. I think there's some sort of club where if you complete fifty or seventy five or a hundred, but they have to be like. You know, I'm not London, saying Berlin. They have to be official marathons. Official marathons. There's like essentially like a, you know, I don't know, like a you get a certificate or something to say you're part of this club. And my uncle, I think he's done something like I want to say something stupid, like over 50 marathons and stuff. And he's 70 odd now. And he bet you he didn't do the one I did in Afghanistan in the heat. So the uh, the US Marine Corps do uh, a marathon in the states, very well known. And uh, the same weekend, I was still out in Afghanistan with the British Army place called Camp Leatherneck, where one of the US Marine Corps were there. And I ran a marathon that weekend, organised by the US Marine Corps. I registered the day before. I was in good shape that, that weekend. And uh, the organiser was running himself, a young officer as well. And he regretted actually letting me run because I ran 256 out in the desert, out there. And uh, yeah, and what and an experience. Were, and were there Marines holding the, the, the oranges for you or the bananas halfway or...? 
And there were loads of woo-hahs and whoops and yeah, come on, man. Get well done, yeah, get some. Yeah. That's absolutely what makes sense. Just uh, as I say, you'll you'll see this, uh, this, this, I guess, this bio on yourself isn't going to really follow, um, uh, you know, any sort of chronological order. But when you're, I'm just bouncing back to obviously your. I guess military experience now we've all seen the uh you know lone survivor and stuff and the seal team training and all that sort of stuff is there do you relate to it to, to some of that sort of stuff or is it is it is it very is it is it just a lot of conditioning and and it's it's management yeah leadership uh so i was in the royal electrical mechanical engineers i wanted to get a job where i was doing something i mean you're doing with leadership for soldiers that's any officer's job but I was uh, at the forefront sometimes, but not very often in, um, we call it equipment support. So you've got the infantry, they're getting nitty gritty in with the bayonets, doing the killing, sorry. Yeah. I don't know, this is about sport. And uh, so I'm just a bit further back, a bit protected, yeah, yeah. And, but and, with and, the and clever and soldiers, <laughs> dare I yeah. say. So, uh, and it's an engineering job. You become an engineering officer and you get to do loads of roles. So I served time with the... I did two postings with the Queen, first Queen's Green Guards, great, great Welsh cavalry regiment, and it was with them I deployed each time to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. When I was in Iraq, I was out on the on patrol in a place called Al Mathana, out in the streets with the Iraqis, and that was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. How many people were in your regiment? How many? How many punters or marines? So, so when you when you. So you've got a, a, a regiment, so the Queen's Green Guards, a regiment, you had three squadrons, about 100 apiece, roughly. So you're looking about between 350 and 400, and uh, commanded by a, command, a, a lieutenant colonel. Yeah. What's what's that like, you know, when you say you're out in, uh, you're out with your squad and you're on patrol in the streets like that, is it, you say it was, you know, obviously you can sit here and be like, it was an amazing experience, but at the time, is that very like, are you on edge the whole time because you're... I mean, so I went through Sandhurst and I knew I was going to join the Remy. So everybody's like, oh, you know, Remy, you're, you're at the back of the line, you know, you're never going to go to war, you're not going to ha- have to go on the streets and patrol. Albeit, I wasn't in Basra. Basra was quite a, uh, I'll keep my language clean, it was a volatile place to be. Yeah. Almathan was a bit more out of the big bubble where things were happening. You had Baghdad and Fallujah. Almathan was a lot quieter, but still, first time you go out of those gates with a load of weapon. You can have done so much training. You are a nervous wreck uh, and you're so sharp. All your feelings All your and your senses, are you are absolutely on a knife edge. And you get complacent. I can only yeah. say that. The more you go out, the more complacent you get, the more relaxed you get with this feeling. You're coming into a comfort zone because you're doing it more often, more often, more often. You know, it's like any kid who's going to start with the, with the top 15 in their rugby you know, going into the big seniors or, I don't know, into a higher age category, going on the field with them and he's seeing these huge guys. It's a bit like that, you know, it's daunting. We'll, we'll have a proper chat afterwards because my brother's a, a journalist and he was out in um, he was out in Iraq when Mosul was getting liberated and that even if you go on his Instagram and see some of the stuff, it's, it's hectic. Like, you... Yeah, when you think you're having a bad day, you have no idea what, what those... Uh, 
what what a lot of those people went through um, out there. Don't forget, it is our giveaway Wednesday, so get in comms. What's going to be the what's, what's going to be the question? I'm going to do our quick intro on the um, on the uh, on this day first, and then I'll tell you what our question is going to be. I've got okay. a t-shirt and a water bottle to give away this evening. Nathan, what have you got for? Yep. Are you into your, would you be into your cricket as well? A bit, yeah. A, a bit. bit. You sort of have to say that, don't you? Yeah, well, we're going to go into sport and the history in the world today. Today in 1946 was the first test cricket match between Australia and New Zealand. I was just having a little bit of uh, a bit of a ponder over it today and I was wondering how many matches have New Zealand beaten Australia and Australia obviously got the stronghold or got us by the scruff of the neck. I didn't get the test matches, but I got the one-day internationals. We've played 141 times between each other and Australia have won 95 to New Zealand's 39. So that's a bit of a pumping. Very clearly, yeah, Australia go. are a better sporting nation. Nin- 1989, the first Soviet hockey player was permitted to play in the NHL. A year after I was born. Well, I would have thought it would have been earlier than 1989 if I had to have a punt on it. I don't know why. I just would have thought 1989 doesn't seem that long I mean, ago. Maybe when, I'm showing my age. Well, that <laughs> probably coincides with... Forgive me. When was the... Uh, when was the collapse of the Soviet Union? What's that? What's that? 89. 89. Probably why then, the second the second I mean, it was done, then it's it's not, not, probably it's over well, there straight was, away. Yeah, they said because of Sergei um, Prakanin? 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 He was allowed to leave Russia. Yeah, he was that allowed to leave Russia, then. so that makes sense that yeah. it was the... Um, for the, for the floor. And coincidentally, that ban has been li- their ban has been just been lifted, hasn't it, or something? I read about that. I've I've seen I've seen a lot oh, really? of traction. IOC but I or something seen, has. Uh, I hadn't seen the ban. anybody from the IOC. Yeah, from... I think so. I'll have a little. Okay, look. Yeah, have, a, have a week, I, week is yeah. I'm going to go um, to 1996 with the Cleveland Browns. They chose a new name for their relocated team, which was became the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. So that happened in 1996. You know your baseball. Oh, I'm oh, hoping he would. You don't know any. Do you know any baseball grounds? Yeah, so it's the Red Sox who play in San Francisco. No, <laughs> <laughs> is it? No, it's not, mate. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> We'll cut that bit out. We're going to cut that bit out. But on 1997, it was the first game at Turner Field in Atlanta where the Braves beat the um, the Yanks 2-0 in an exhibition match. Now, the reason I put this one in the in, in the in the mix today was because Scott and I, over the last uh, last weeks, we have been having um, oh, we've been trying to work out how many baseball fields parks we know in the US. So I'm going to challenge Scott here, Scott. Keep with me, son. I'm listening. Wrigley Field. <laughs> Where is it? Wrigley Field's the, the famous one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Wrigley Field's the And you've got to be the Boston Red Sox. No. No. I'll go, I'll go I'll go Chicago. Okay, but what okay, but wait, 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 wait. Well, you, of course, course, course you're gonna you know I'll, I'll tell you rather that it's Chicago. Chicago, what what's their um baseball team name? Chicago, Chicago, Chicago Cubs. There we go. Good. Bing bing ching ching. Fenway Park. That's Boston. That's Boston. And who's what? And, and their name? Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. We got that one. Yankee Stadium. New York Yankees. Oriole Park. Oh, yeah, going down to that sheet pretty quickly. I've no idea. Baltimore. I reckon you just Googled the most famous stadiums and put them on your sheet. I didn't. Oriole Park. Baltimore. Baltimore's Look name. Look at you, you baseball No, I'm just stats, giving you some. You? I'm just giving some facts. Baltimore Orioles, actually. You would have heard of this one, AT and T Park. Yeah. 
Yep, San Francisco, San Francisco. San Francisco Giants. San Francisco, the Giants. You don't hear about them. You, no, you don't. You don't. You think of but the New York of, Giants in American football, which everybody. But you hear of AT uh, and Park, and the last one. This is an easy one. Dodger Stadium, Los Angeles. Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers. And before I go, before I go, just two other things. We're going to wish the happiest of birthdays to two people today. International sports stars Jennifer Capriati. She turns forty-seven. She's an American tennis player, Olympic gold woman singles in nineteen ninety-two. She picked up the Australian. Oh, she picked up. She didn't pick up. She won rightly with with a with a with a feat. Australian Open in two thousand and one and two thousand and two. She won the French Open in two thousand and one, and in that year she was also the world number one. Also born on this day, thirty-two-year-old Noel Kante. He is Ngolo Kante. Ngolo Kante. Sorry, nineteen ninety-one, thirty-two years of old, French footballer playing for Chelsea. He was born in the Paris of France. Get, what you, a name! You get used to these ignorant, <laughs> ignorant, these ignorant, <laughs> these ignorant, ignorant Kiwis. Um, anyway, I said I would tell you what our question's going to be. Go for it. If you can text me, text in. Okay, if you're listening in, if you can tell me what is our guest' personal best. In the marathon, okay, I'll give you the T-shirt. Okay, the first person to text in, I'll give you the T-shirt and I'll give you the water bottle. So what is... Number is 621 Text in now and I'll give it to you. I'll even come and drop it off at your house. No problem at all. What huh? is the fastest... No, what's his PB, his PB personal best in marathon. marathon? I know it, mates. Don't need to write it down. I know <laughs> what it is. Okay. Um, Fraser James Gilbert Alexander. <laughs> the third... <laughs> Lawrence Filer. Yeah. So, Lawrence Filer, what are you doing? What are you? How are you involved down there in the commune? Oh, you, so you have been stalking me. So I'm a local councillor, actually, and uh, sadly oh, I'm up for election again. Who knows what's well, going to happen? I'd, I'd again, vote. so you based second, on the second time round. Based second on time round. So I came in 2017, put myself up on one of the lists, and I got in straight away. Voted in fifth person from the top. And um, it's very, it is a very, very, very prestigious, interesting, but also it's a sort of, you're not quite a leadership position, but it, responsibility. And I've learned quite a lot as well about myself and about stuff over the last four or five years. How, how does that work then? Do you have a, a weekly meeting or, you know, do you, do you have to meet up regularly or? So the, how, so the council, council meeting is, is called in by the mayor and the secretary of the, uh, of the commune and it's every six to eight weeks and it's mainly a lot of financial stuff it's uh local regulations that are getting voted in it's approving special bigger building projects and everything to do with transport as well things like that budgetary all the time there's it's about money Uh, and then uh building land as well for development for schools uh, sporting infrastructure and all this kind of stuff. Okay, while we're on it, where does the where does the sport come into this? Where does sport sport parks? What about parks? What about domains as we'd know in the UK and Australia and New Zealand? The domains we want sports parks where we can go and play cricket, rugby, hockey. So I myself yep. actually played in Valfordange. I did a bit of cricket when I was a kid. So cricket is still going to stay in Valfordange. We're not going to take it away from there. I don't think we need to take rugby away from there. Um, so. Do- Take rugby from anywhere. Don't take sport. Can we get another domain? Can we get can we get other activities? Have we got space for land to play sport? So one of the things I think we should get at our place is the old, um, the new, the big racket, outdoor racket. Um, what's it called? Pedal. Paddle. Pa- paddle, paddle courts. Pickleball. 
I'm up for yep. paddle courts because apparently it's so good. Friends have been after me. Come on, Fraser, we've got to go do some paddle. Yeah, 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 very much so. As you know, I also used to play at Sandviler and did a bit of squash in, yep. back in my day uh, as a young, hectic kid. Loved it. Full of energy. Um, and yeah, I want a skate park as well, but down in our neck of the woods, albeit we've got a great one in the Petrus Valley. Oh, you know, it's uh, absolutely amazing. Take a lot to to, to, uh, to com- not compete with that, but to, so, to match that. So what's interesting is your. It's not a case of wow, we want our own rugby team or we want this team. It's sort of sit down and like let's not because obviously all the communes are all closely linked. So you sort of want to be like, well, where do we think we would get the most use out of something? You know, because if you build another, you're not going to put another football club in Lawrence Viler Eye. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be something that's hopefully going to offer. We talk about that provision, you know, that opportunities for more, more people to, uh, to I mean, get involved in sport. And you've got to see what the, what the local citizens want. You know, what clubs are there? We've got tennis. We've got, we used to have table tennis. So maybe we should bring that back. You know, we just had the table tennis championships over the last and, and, and few weekends. On the weekend, exactly. And um, so it's about what what the people want. But we've got Steinzel, who are great great basketball team. All mm-hmm. a lot of our residents go to Steinzel, uh, either play there or support them. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Great, great atmosphere. Um, but we've got the local derby between Lynch and Lawrence Viler, which is always good fun to go to. Lawrence Viler doing very well, by the way, in the football. Have you heard? Unbeaten so far this year. In division. The under the BGL. Oh, so they could go up. So the they could go up. Yes. Very interesting because wow. we, we're wow. lucky wow. enough wow. to have wow. Anthony Perez join us every Sunday night and he yeah. gives us the wrap on what's yeah. happening in the BGL league. But it'd be cool to hear about some of the uh, the teams obviously in the division below. But the only team we ever hear about is uh, a team called Dalheim and they're like the worst. <laughs> and they... And they actually won a game at the end of last year, but it turned out they fielded some... They've been a bit naughty with their team. So the... The win got scratched from the records, you know. So, okay, that's brilliant. There's a good bit of opportunity for Lawrence Viler to come up and play with the big boys next year. They're doing. They are. It's looking very likely. Uh, on, honestly, though, is that team? Is there are, there are there many locals in it, or is it just? No, Lawrence Viler has also. They, we've, they've got good funding. They're yeah. buying good players. Yeah, they've had a, a long, good stretch with a, a new young. Uh, president in the committee yeah. who's pushing it forward and the, the p- committee doing the right thing getting the right trainers so they've had a really good run and now it's bearing fruit you know and the, the question is how long are they going to stay up above and it's it's going to be a long journey yeah. maybe they might drop down again but then they can go back up again etc that's football isn't it yeah. you know well, so you've yeah, got to so. remember that every other team is trying to go through their own uh, I guess their own process isn't it whether it's going up the leagues or you know or rebuilding yeah. or whatever It's but it's really cool to hear about one of the other teams in Luxembourg because um, at the moment certainly our focus has been on the, the BGL league um, we, we spoke about it beforehand and I think you could be ignorant coming out here as an expat and there's just so much going on out here that, that, Absolutely. Pe- that, that people aren't aware of. And I think if you, you know, instead of being, you know, focused on going out into the city, if you're in your communes and stuff like that, go down and ask questions. There will be, there will be something. What league is Sam Viler in? I think they're in the second one, the one below. Oh, okay, because we went to, that. we were actually prepping um, over at Top Squash one day um, before we came into the studio and um, we like sort of went out to have a little look and we just coincided with a big free kick and we're like, oh, here we go. We're going to see somebody hit what we like to call top bins 
It was awful, wasn't well, it? Well, it was dire, but I then, think, to be I honest, think you, it might I, not have been their first team. It could think, have been their second Yeah, it could have been. Third. I think you'd had a skinful the night before, so we're a bit like... <laughs> a bit flat on Happy it. to be out in the fresh air sort of thing, you know? No, but I can tell you I was um, I was having a having a cold one with um, with a friend of mine who's ta- who's taking care of the Sambaila Football Club, and they've kind of got rid of a lot of their, let's call them foreign players, or players that don't live in the village. So it's very much a... A village team, and they've got it. It's, couldn't be going any better. Yeah. In fact, the same with the, they've, they've been able to got. Um, they've initiated a women's team this year for the first good, time. Good. Not always can they. So the first match actually, they could only play with nine players, but I think they've got fourteen or fifteen players there now. So they're really doing well. Um, I've actually promised them that they can come onto the on, onto the show get in the on, coming, coming weeks. It's, it's an interesting they're doing, one. They're doing really well at Sandbiler. Not not up at the top, but getting more people within the commune playing playing sports. Sandbiler's a commune. They yeah. shouldn't have a drama really yeah. three and a half thousand yeah. it's, an, it's an interesting one when you talk about like the lower levels of sport where it's like the focus should be more on uh, more on getting people playing do you know what I mean because you often hear about these teams who you know especially as you go lower down like what is the point in pumping a team 20 nil you know what? Yeah. What is what is the point in that? What, uh, at, what, at what point do you, as the coach, go right? Sunday's match, yeah, six now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one shot. Oh, Cristiano has gone in. <laughs> He's done it. He's done it. Um, but yeah, but why don't the coaches be? You know, you've only got nine players. Oh, we'll have some of our subs. Oh, that's not in the rules. Oh, pack it in, well, lads. That's what just I just play. Just play the game. Like I, I've back in the day, we rocked up to matches and they haven't got enough players. Right? Who wants to play for the opposition? Because because if you don't, um, there's no match. If How boring is no that? Match, and if you don't, I'll pick somebody to go and play for him. Um, but then you see it even in the top women's league that t- they can't field teams, and it's like okay, the result maybe maybe only gets put through as. 10-0 or whatever on, on paper but at least you can have a competitive match and a hit out at the end of it you know we're seeing that in cross country a bit here in Luxembourg and it's, it's got its ups and downs it really has and I, I find it a shame you know rock up and just run the race because that's what I'm doing uh, at the no, moment. No, I, I, I tell you I was speaking to Ginny and Sylvie who's actually the captain of the team and, they, and I explained so your first game that you played let's say competitive football they only could pick, um, come with nine, nine players I said well who did you play against did they, they only play with nine they said no they played with their full Full 11. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Why would you not just even play half a pitch, five against five, and use half a pitch? Two games going on at the same... same okay, five doesn't, doesn't quite go into it, but four versus four, and make it actually more fun, adapt, evolve. And say, oh, no, 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 it doesn't fit within the, within the structures of the federal competition. Come on, get a bureaucracy, grip. Good old get bureaucracy, a, no, it's got to be like that, you know, black and white. Get a grip, get a grip, get a grip. Coming back to running... Do you have any role models in running? I mean, wiring is there someone that you would aspire to? Because your your time that you did was pretty quick. I'm not going to give that time a time away. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Paul Radcliffe. Yeah, Paul Radcliffe, legend. What the she... moment that she had to? Yeah, <laughs> I was. What, what, uh, moment, what moment was it? So Why are you being so negative, Nathan? Yeah. Huh? I, I was at Sanders. That I remember that actually. It's funny you say that. I was at Sanders coming back from a, an adventurous training trip. Uh, had to get to Sanders. I was going through the airport, watching the marathon. Nearly got and yeah nearly got timings wrong but watched the full marathon and actually saw Paul Radcliffe do the whatever she had to do at the side yeah. of the road but there's things like I've read a book and she's held the marathon time so long but she's also somebody who's stuck at her game the whole time and seen it through and just gone through the, the ups and downs and her famous saying is oh I don't know if it's famous but she's always said marathon running's like a rose Beautiful stem, beautiful at the top, the petals and everything. 
along the way, you've got the thorns. The thorns, yeah. And it, you can't... That, that sums it up. And... Um, but also her weight problems, her, her personality... or not personality problems, but her, her mental problems, ups and downs there as well. And when it, later on we saw at the Olympic Games, it, it used to get really difficult. Heartbreaking to see her fin- not finish, right. not finish, you know, stop in Athens. I remember that. It's giving me the shivers now. Yeah. As a runner, you, it's the worst thing you can ever do. Stop or finish, not finishing a race, you know, and giving up. It's... Me, when I've been coaching people, I've said, never, never, never give up. I mean, now, I think I quit a cross-country race four weeks ago, but <laughs> I'm 41 years old and I'm, I'm in for the laughs and just the yeah. getting out there. So, but yeah, Paul Ragley. But, but it's, but yeah, but Paul, I mean, in, in that moment, you, she's looking after many things, Physi- yeah, yeah. Physically, mentally, look, uh, physically looking after herself and mentally actually looking after herself. So if you have to, in, in such circumstances, and we know she was a, she was a very resilient cookie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, excellent. Yeah. So, so Paula Radcliffe. Well, obviously, you know, that, as you said, you're 41 years young. So there's somebody who's obviously had a very, very positive impact on you from a sporting point of view as a youngster. Who would that be? Mm. A sports coach, a parent, I don't know, a brother? I wouldn't say so, no. No. Actually, it was, uh, it was when I found out that running gave me the uh, that stress-relieving all believing I'm trying to rhyme things rhyme, rhyme some things now um, the, it's not the, 8 o'clock the yet bit, so no swearing pill, please the happy pill you yeah. know the, the endorphins as soon as I found that that was me hooked and yeah. I've been hooked since those endorphins don't they 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 Whilst you're running, they do exist, running. Nathan. They, they do, do exist. No, but yeah. they do at the half when I've got a pint in my hand and I'm in the sh- in the shower. That's when they, that's when they. Oh, you sit there, and go. Oh, I've just accomplished this. I've done. You know, I've done a couple of half marathons. Yeah. I've done a, done a marathon, but yeah, I've done probably about five half marathons. And that, that knowing that you've just gone out and exerted yourself for such a length of time, and your body just feels drained. You feel you feel damn good. That's for sure. But do you get it when you, whilst you're running? Yeah, so nowadays I can't get out that much for running, mm-hmm. but as soon as I get those trains on, I'm out there, It head starts clearing, I can think about things, I can plan things, I get ideas, I get really creative as well, I get ideas. Yeah. And it's, so it used to, so, I mean, I was going through a phase during COVID, damn, this is scary, because sometimes I was, I'd, I'd get negative thoughts and they can sometimes go round and round and round, but it's, it's good runs, bad runs. You know, sometimes when you're annoyed with something, you go out for a run, you can, you can smash out an amazing pace. It yeah. is awesome. And I think, you know, the body does take some time to start functioning that like that. I, when I'm coaching people, new people have said, Fraser, you need to get me into running. And they don't get it. They just don't get it. They don't get it. Because it takes some time for the body to adapt. And I think as you're, as a, you know, when you talk about going running and it is like, you know, the, the happy pill and it clears the head of, you know, big... Big into that as well. well you and I have done it, done, yeah. done it ourselves. So, you yeah. know, sometimes you go and blow off some steam and just run, and it's almost like um, I, I sort of compare it. You've obviously seen uh, the film Inception. Thirty-six with, uh, minutes, ladies Leah. and gentlemen. Thirty-six no, minutes. You haven't seen Inception? No. You're joking. <laughs> well, that's your homework tonight, son. Yes. Thirty-six um, so minutes. Inse- talking Inception's to, to... basically. Obviously, it's a fantastic soundtrack, by the way. Is it on uh, iTunes? Yeah, I'd say it. I'd say it bloody will be. It's, it, can I get the video take on VHS? I might, might get you to sit down and watch it straight after this. But they talk about how it's a, it's a kind of, not technology, but it's a weapon where they can uh, use your dreams um, and go into your dreams and you can basically 
I could subconsciously talk to you about things in your dreams, which would make you would make you act in such a way. And there's a brilliant line where um, Leonardo DiCaprio, if you ever have a dream, like a really good dream, you never know how you get there. You just wake up, you're just there in it, aren't you? And and that's what it's like for uh, you know if you go for those runs and you are stressed, and all of a sudden you can be like that guy and this and that and i'm in a good place now and it just happens and you can't there isn't like a you know it's not like a line where it just happens it just all of a sudden you just yeah you just feel in a much better place when you're doing that sort of thing i mean i've obviously done it when i was younger with some of the fitness sessions you know you talk about going to the dark place and the reality is as you you hurt locker yeah yeah Mm -hmm. as, as you get older and it's hard you're like Oh, never be as hard as that one from before, will it? And you just you just sort of crack on and it's the whole, you know, been there. You might not be at the front, but you certainly won't be at the back sort of thing. But um yeah, no, very, very interesting so when I you think- talk about how it's uh yeah, it's your your happy place, isn't it? You well, know, where you just go and clear the head. A book I read was The Happy Pill and how they say that, you know, the pharma industry could actually just invest in sport and, you know, cardiovascular exercise and you wouldn't need drugs anymore. You wouldn't need those antidepressants because that running and cardiovascular, you know, high, high cardio sport and daily sport is just that, that happy pill that you need. I think, I think just to jump in there, sorry, Nathan, it's when you, when you talk about, um, you know, prescribing medication for, you know, the the children or, or, or people, you know, if they have, if they're active, you know, have they got ADHD? Have they got, these, uh, you know, SEND, these special requirements when they're learning. And it's like, yes, potentially, but if you can, I I promise you now, if you get these people active, you basically, you essentially calm them down and it's a, it's a completely different, uh, completely different kettle of fish. And I'm, I'm, I'm like yourself, like I think to back when I was in year nine, so how old are you in year nine? So what's that? 13. We used to do three doubles of PE a week that's during PE time plus after school trainings plus rugby but three times a week you know that's that's absolutely massive um and you know the reality is is we could we could roll uh 10 random kids in here now and I bet maybe one of them can you know squat properly or run properly but I guarantee if I put that in front of them they can all work that no problem at all and and that's not to take away from being able to use technology and stuff like that but ultimately you know if if the best way to uh to to look after yourself is to go out get get get, get out there run run the socks off yourself you know is um the your physical education you because you're teaching at michelle lucius you've got physical education in is, is it a, it's a subject yeah I, i've got that on my curriculum on my timetable i teach yeah. them monday mornings eight till ten i'll cycled into work i'll uh just be in my tracksuit out there i mean some of the kids know that i i used to do all right running but i think it's not just the physical education i've done some training teacher modules about kids you know daily and nearly hourly movement which is really important so sometimes i'll just collect them after break time and we'll do a lap of the school we'll go and do some exercise and you know get just get the heart rate up for three four minutes yeah that's all it is because it, it lets them de-stress because if they've got this it's not it's not always anxiety but it's a it's a, this high tension energy level that you need to then they need to exert themselves and then when they've gotten that out of their system they they will come down straight away and it is just it's magic i mean you would argue that 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 period you're talking about monday eight to ten is probably one of the most important periods of 
um, the week, actually, because you don't know what they've gone through at the weekend, you know. So you obviously have contact with the kids. You're often, you can often be the first, certainly the first adult they have a conversation with. Yes, they might see their parents, but you know yourself, if if you've got to get them up and out the door and stuff, there's not a lot of dialogue goes on there. So if you're able to have that good conversation... screaming. Yeah, yeah. Between seven o'clock and eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm running that. I'm so, I'm very fortunate. You know, I've not gone through any health issues and I can do it at 42, still run with them. And I think that's what I learned with the army. You know, leadership is being in the midst, in the front, and at the back, and and we always said lead from the front, and that's so 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 important with kids. You know, go with them and run those laps with yeah. them. It's it's just motivation. A, I'll, I'll let you talk in a minute, Nathan. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to keep going with this. But I was told, not advised. I was told when I did my PGCE that I should never, as a as a PE teacher, I should never put myself in um, essentially a vulnerable position where you might try and surprise compete, um, compete with the students and I was like that's what it's about like I remember back when we were teaching in the UK we used to have lads coming up knocking on the door so if we um, set up the badminton court can we go against you and Mr Toomsey was a, a hell of a tennis player so he used to stay at the back smashing everything and like yeah you lose but you just it is what it is it's not the World no, Cup a, and mean, it's like but you know getting involved and I think it's a good thing to put yourself, you know, don't, don't put yourself. Competition. Exactly. Healthy exactly. Because not only can you win and, you know, of course they want to beat you, but you can also be a role model in how you conduct yourself in when you lose and that sort of exactly. thing, you know, and it's just that, yeah, I'll just, I'm, I'll never forget that being said to me that you shouldn't put yourself in a position where you can I'm really look surprised vulnerable by and that. stuff. That's, 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 that's odd, a, isn't that's it? a great thing. I mean, there's nothing like a stepping stone for, you know, obviously I didn't say, no, you're wrong. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of that. You know, if you can, if the kids want to, you know, even just be playing a bit of football or stuff, you know, getting involved, just showing you're just a normal person. You're just no. a, a bigger normal person. We have obviously rabbited on. We're going to bounce back over to you in a minute. Um, we just want to throw into uh, what's been going on with Luxembourgish sport. I guess the first one to talk about is that um, trouncing, to smashing, be, to be expe- punishing. To be expected. 6-0, I wasn't expecting that. What, what, what would you expect? I would have thought maybe something like a 3-1 or a 4-1. Something like that, I would have thought, you know, but... No, you thought... It's every goal that counts, yeah. though, as well, isn't it? In a, in, in a qualifying. Right, and, and every goal yeah. counts. Yeah. Because if, if they don't have the goals this time round, but they'll need them in the in the whole... Th- yeah. yeah. I mean, so, but, but also it's the... What we talked about this is, yes, obviously the result didn't go to plan, but certainly having that stadium absolutely pumping. I mean, I was gutted. I was obviously away. I would have loved to have been down there to see it. I've been lucky enough to play in it, but to see it absolutely full would be uh, would be really Well, we're going to give really the chapeau cool. to uh, Anthony Perez, who was representing us there, there at the stadium. Got loads of uh, pictures from well, from pitch side almost, wasn't it? He did he did a stellar job. But I, um, I, I wouldn't say... Four one five one. I would have thought the score was going to be. They, they put the big big dog. What is so six nil is a hiding, right? But what is that in rugby? What is six nil? Is that shipping forty? Yeah, shipping forty. Like, points. Was it, was it, it, was it the crunch? The crunch. Yeah, I'll talk about that. The, 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 the English French match in the Six Nations. <laughs> I hope you've is that, that, is that quite the, well? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. What what would you say? What's six nil? What's the equivalent? Six nil is equivalent to. 
oh, 50 to 3 trying a conversion each 50, time 50 so. to 3 yeah what about uh, in squash 6-0 6-0 is equivalent to 11-1 11-2 and so if you win the marathon in your time how far back is the person who you've just been <laughs> why, why, why are you winking over across at me so I came I came 7th in here in Luxembourg uh, you came 7th in the ING yeah so I think 2018 yeah. was the last time I ran whoa and uh, the uh, so you've got all I've got to be careful how I word this you've got all the professionals in front of you yeah, yeah. and they come from certain places yeah, yeah. Um, the, the big dogs they come you know a lot of them from Kenya yeah. Ethiopia Algeria but yeah. we notorious got, you know, notorious strength in those long distance runs yeah, yeah. and uh, all, and then there's me the first amateur first local and it's such a humbling event it really is the ING Marathon it's, it's such good fun and it's it's become a national. Isn't it a, t- yeah, national isn't it a tough one? There's some nasty hills and one. stuff. Yeah, I've, I've done the statistic. I did the excuse me statistic in 2015. I looked at all the top finishers over the years, and I I basically said that a top finisher who's got a 205, 206 time here in Luxembourg will add 10 minutes. And then you can think it's mostly quite the curve is exponential the longer you're running. So it, it is really a tough course. Is, is, and and, the, and the, that partially because of the leg home coming up um, coming up JFK? That That's one of the factors, but it's the corners everywhere. There's so many corners. You, mm. There's no long straight where you're going, look at London, you've got the Strand, you've got through Canary Wharf, you've got this. and uh, Even through Limpitzburg, I can only talk yeah. for the first 20k. I can't talk for the, <laughs> and then you're going, for the last 20. <laughs> you're going through the park, then you're going down Grand Rue, and then you're doing pretty much past what used to be CNA and Monoprix. Yes. You know, you, clearly 180 back through the Place d'Armes, then back out again, back here. It's so that yeah, so it breaks up the momentum. It really a bit. does, yeah, yeah, yeah. A mate of mine slipped on a banana skin on the. So he really literally too. So he said. That's what they yeah. all say. Yeah. Um, little one coming up this weekend. We've got the final of the uh, Luxembourg ice hockey. Um, that's going to take place this weekend. Come on the nights on the first. Both for we've been yeah. up there when yeah, I, I went to see the nights not so long ago yeah. absolutely great atmosphere yeah. good night out good night like, out good we, beer yeah. some, <laughs> something we don't really talk about but that'd be a good good one certainly one night of a stag do up there for the ice hockey be good wouldn't it Yeah, and In you should bar. do a live show up there actually it's all certainly possible <laughs> certainly possible but, but then, we, we were like we got asked to go up to drop the puck the, um, uh, and uh, who were they playing droppers. who were they playing oh, starts with Michelin 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 yeah um, they've got to work on their chance as well a bit I think they could do a bit better there actually yeah. but that was a cool and we got to go into the locker room meet a few of the players and stuff and like have you been into the new locker room and seen how it is no it's like the NHL oh really it's that oh, good wow. it's that good like the carpet uh, on the ground they have the uh you know the logo hanging down. The boys all have their own locker, the names and stuff. And oh, it, the it's music! Like, yeah, it, you, you walk, you walk, you, you walk in, and you, and you you think it was just like, yeah, this is like walking into the NHL. In that no, you see, I come from running, and we don't have locker rooms where you just take your stuff, you throw your yeah. bag there, and you. I mean, I can't get into trouble about this anymore. I ran the uh, the South of England Championships on Parliament Hill, and it had been so muddy. We were covered in mud, and we went. My girlfriend and I, we went swimming after that <laughs> we used the showers at this local council place in London somewhere and clogged up these showers <laughs> after closing down I mean I've never told anybody about yeah. this it's not that they're going to hunt me down it's now. online now mate it's online yeah so you know locker rooms you know I've gone through the worst for having been in the army <laughs> 
I mean, I suppose it's, it's the same for yourself, Nathan. You just sort of, yeah, just you got your bag, you can Toilet get changed, and yeah, let's just crack on with it. Whereas, I guess in uh, certainly in those team sports, it's very much it's uh, it's it, it's a sacred place. You know, the stuff that goes on, the stuff that's said in there. You know, you don't really let's take that's that's team. You know, sport. whether it's tactics or motivation or uh, but individual sports like golf, squash, tennis, you often share the same changing room yeah. with your yeah. with your with your opponent actually. running world as so, well but you yeah. never you'll never really be unless you're really best even if you're best mates you still don't sit you know close to have, have you got any are there any blokes like we're, we're rabbiting on here we're not getting through any domestic sports we'll wrap <laughs> it up at the end um have you got anybody who is your like your nemesis you know somebody who you either compete against regularly or someone you know is a clown and you just don't want to have any of it is there anybody like that yes. you don't have to name and shame them on here but... oh I will yeah. <laughs> so, I mean it's, I should have told him when I was on the show because he'll love it that I'm going to mention he's actually uh, I don't know if he's still refing Frank Bourgnon and uh, I accidentally tripped him up in a race in Grevenmacher accidentally or no it was no, generally you know an accident high winds on, on the, via the Moselle tripped him up he fell over I picked him up and said look mate come on dragged him off and that took the sales out of him but uh, forever or just never no, no, just for then <laughs> uh, but it's been a running gag for the last six seven years and so when we're on the trails uh, he's in my back and I'm just like I'm known for just chasing my pace uh, yeah. changing my pace and smashing myself and yeah. To try, to try and throw them off. Yeah, and he was like, with the last one in, I think, September or something like that, in Dudelange, yeah, Dudelange, great trail. And he was like, Fraser, you effing eff this, you, I can't believe it, you're, yeah. you're getting up then. I, I want to meet this bloke, and I'm going to go, yeah, we had Fraser on, and he said he'd always wanted to get you. <laughs> <laughs> but he never misses what he aims oh, for. <laughs> too many. What about pace setting? Have you ever been a pace setter? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I've just been, I've been too busy. Too busy, yeah. yeah. yeah I've it, always wondered about it. You no, see them out there and there's a, just a pace sitter and the little man's got his sticker. No, I'd be useless, that's it. I'd be absolutely Because you're changing the pace all the time. <laughs> so I think with, for the marathon, your slow miles are the most important ones. Keeping a low heartbeat, steady heartbeat, you know, and it's about time in your shoes, time running, and not about the speed. You do you get your speed by the, by the speed sessions, by your endurance endurance speed and endurance sessions. But when it comes to race time, you've got to have a bit of a strategy, especially on the marathon with 42k and you get so mine was always the stay behind him, stay behind him, stay behind him, stay behind him. And but often it would be I think the last time I did so well, it was kilometre 25 or 26. I was like this. And I, there was a, another Luxembourg in front of me, quite away in front. And I was, so it was a kilometre 25 going down into the Petrus. And I was like, okay, overtake, go. Boom. I did an attack, like in, in bicycle cycling. So I knew it was going downhill. Attack, attack, attack. And threw them off. And then I got through the Gare and everything. And then just prior to coming up into the, uh, where the Golden Lady is, saw the next guy. And so it was like lock on, like on. Yeah, like on a fighter jet. jet. Lock on, okay, go. Concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Got up to him, picked my point, and then went for it. And yeah. Where was the point? The red, the red. So bridge. it was, no, it was the cobbles going past. So you go past Urban, yep. and then the cobbles of the Rue du Nord going 
past uh, Shigri's and what's the other yep. part? And Conrad's. Yeah, Conrad's, yeah. Yep, down there. Or yeah, okay. some, somewhere around there. And literally, I just went for it. And I was like, go, okay, go. Yeah. And then you just, you wind up the pressure on yourself. And yeah. It's funny how you talk about strategy because I think it's something that a lot of people forget about. And as you get older, you do become a bit more savvy. But as I said, I was away with St. George's and we were competing at the Kobe's Games. And I had two young lads who were running 800 metres. Um, now, I know nothing about middle distance running. I was always a hurdler or a high jumper back in the day. But I just basically took them aside and said, right, I'm going to tell you what what is going to happen now. This is the first race of the day. So what does that mean? It means when the gun goes, all those idiots are going to fly out of the traps because they're all bouncing for the first way. And I was just like, let them go. Let, you know, let, let them go. And the best thing was, they listened to me. So they tore these lads tore off the first lap, and then our two boys were just like one, two, three, and then on the second lap, you know, um, just eating up, eating up the ground. And as you say, when you break it down into those small, you know, because you don't think at twenty six k, Jesus, I've got a, a, you know, what is that forty sixteen k to go or whatever. You're not thinking that. You're just thinking this is the next part. So it's breaking it down into those more digestible chunks. I mean, at 26, you may be just starting to feel your legs a bit, but you know you've still got some kick in yourself. Not like the total professionals who might have some kick at the end. So you've got a bit of kick in yourself, you're feeling all right, and you've got to go think about, I know you're going to, 33, 34, it might come at 36 or 37, you're going to really start feeling your legs. But so I knew at that point, okay, this is it. Because, and you've got to go for instinct sometimes. So many times I've gone too early. You know, you the 10K never. races of the half marathon's gone too early. But, you know, I've never left it to the end. I've always fought a hard race. You know, you know what they say, train hard, race easy. And it's always been that, you know. And you go, and when you're, when you're running, do you normally go by feeling on your body or do you go by watch? How do you... No, how do you, body. Body. Yeah, body. Yeah. Absolutely. Just head on, head or head down, just... When, when you're... Again, we're going to run out of time. Here. Look, we ain't getting into the local. Oh, no. so I'm just going to apologise. Isabel 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 you heard of Isabel De Carney, no. a Belgian runner. She's a teacher at um, at uh, Memo, the internet um, international school at Memo, European, European school. school at Memo. She won the Chicago Marathon, I believe, back in the eighties. Isabel De Quaro, I should okay. bring, bring her up here. Yep. That goes completely against what I was going to talk about here. I'm um, uh, just putting my sports science hat on. When you're talking about, oh, I'm doing a speed session or I'm doing an endurance session, what the hell are you talking about? Like, how do you, when you're, you know, you're doing your fitness, like I'm obviously a rugby player and Nathan, we've jumped in and trained together and it's basically, ah, oh, it's just full noise, mate. Just go, just go for it. And if you burn out, you burn out. That's, you know, just get on with it and finish the session. Um, are you tracking your heart rate or are you trying to run at a certain time for a certain for a certain distance for a certain amount of time? How, how does, if, if I'm listening in and I want to, you know, uh, tinker with my marathon training or my own running, how am I, because obviously I can go into the, the mechanics of like threshold training and stuff, but that's not really relevant, is it? We're talking about, because we don't want to start respiring aer- anaerobically because we're in a world of trouble if, if that's what we start doing in a marathon. Top tips for the marathon, I think, depending, you got six six long runs and, you know, get get up to about 32 kilometres. You don't have to get any further because on the day you're going to get carried away and it'll be fine. And then what you want to do per week is do a, a steady, steady long, steady long, one steady long, a bit of a faster one, maybe around seven, eight, 
or 10k depending yeah. on what you, your, your ability is or up to 12k and then if you want to get out on the track you know do do something like 400 500 600 build up sort of reps and do that about between five and six times and but there you're you know if you're doing a 400 lap that's just one lap you, you are going to have to go out really hard and you have to do each one hard but make sure that your speed is always the same and, that it te- and that's where you wind up the intensity but your long runs it's low intensity but it's just concentrating on your, your endur- endurance and stamina and getting the body ready for that pounding yeah. that yeah, is the, the, the marathon I mean it's it's uh, when you talk about running 400s 400s a savage event like if you go full noise on 400 metres it's horrible. Oh, I, Eight, 800 metres is grim. 1,500 metres, you can go a bit easier, a you know. Bit pace, yeah. But then, as you say, uh, we were lucky enough to have Charles Grethen on here um, a couple of months ago Oh, as well. yeah, yeah, I know him, yeah. He's yeah. a good guy. And so, he, even just hearing him him talk about, it, you know, running in the Olympic final oh. and stuff, and, you know, you sort of, you know, you, you, you raise your standard, don't you, you know, when you do when you do run with the best and it's not I'm, I'm, I don't care who I compete against Nathan I know you're the same you're probably the same but you can't help but acknowledge you know if you rock up the start line and you've got a couple of the big boys again next to you you're like alright yeah let's go here you know it's not going to stop me stop me competing ultimately but it's uh, Have you been running with, with Charles Griffin? Social social run social run what's a social run? Training? No no we, mean, we bump into each other oh, I okay. think over COVID, we bumped into each other down on the on my local cycle track yeah. on the on the Villospist. Mm-hmm. And is uh, that the one that goes by the the railway line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've run that one. And uh, <laughs> no, we bump into each other. I'm send, I, I follow him on Instagram, send him some messages. Um, you know, absolutely hats off to Charles. What what a legend at the moment. Really doing stuff for Luxembourg and for the sport. Here's a question for you. Have you like, got someone? Uh, I've wait, got someone wait. that's texting a time. By oh, the way. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. texting? Liz Deltor. She said, Liz, Liz Deltor's her name. She said, 2.36.30 is the best time. Yep, um, Is the best time. So well done. She has got, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you've got a message personally, so you've got that, Liz. Um, and she's actually run uh, three or two, she's run Nice and Cairns, and she's also run in Oslo, and her best time is three hours 43. So Respectable. Well Under Respect- four hours, good. Uh, you know, that's what you, you well aim for. So apologies if you were tuning in there tonight to uh, listen to a local sport. That's... Uh, <laughs> It's <laughs> swept under the rug. I will obviously make a segment to to get all this up to speed. Apologies for that. Um, luck will just keep going. Here's a question for you. Um, we always ask this to our guests when they come on. Um, so part of sport these days is getting the crowd involved. You know, you get the crowd jacked. They build the energy. The athletes feel the energy. You know, that, that sort of leads into it. Now, I'll start with a sport like darts, because Nathan says I never mentioned darts. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, Darts, boxing, UFC. A lot of sports these days, they, uh, you know, they try and get the crowd, crowd involved with the entrance of the athletes. So let's say, for example, this year at the ING Marathon, they're going to introduce the top uh, the top 10 Luxembourgish, well, the best Luxembourgish marathon runner, should we say. Um, and they're going to, you can play a piece of music that you can, you know, waltz out like Conor McGregor to. What music would you walk out to? ACDC, you shook me all night long. We actually don't. And why? It has, is, there's a reason by my madness. Doing the Marathon Sable. The uh, organiser, I think Patrick Bauer, he's organised it for the last 30 years. He used to play that every 
morning before we set off on these slogs. And generally, when I've heard the song, it's always brought me back to that place and these this epic experience that I've had. And you know, it's just something that stays with you. My children are gonna, my, my children are gonna love you for it because that's their favourite song? song. It's what's the it, only shook me, shook me all night long. I think it was, wasn't it? What's the I name of the song again? That. Sorry, you shook me all night long. You shook me all night long. Probably before my time, Nathan. You've oh, obviously got oh, a question. Oh, oh, oh. Eh? So I want to tell you. Oh, I want to ask a couple of questions. Are you uh, straight to the point? Are you a socks up man or a socks down? Oh, I thought you'd be. I, I thought you'd be snap on that. I thought you would be. So I tried my uh, I tried my luck at rugby as a as a kid and in Le Michel Lutz's yeah and we had uh, a French guy but uh, I think I, I, I socks down yeah your socks down, down. Well, I like my, my, oh, what um, position Nathan. were you and they put me on the side you know on the wing on the wing run fast yeah the quick lads the, the just quick catch guys. it and run all right dead on yep. yeah oh very and good. um what, one other question I've got for you if we have a if we have a party and we invite all the sports guests that we do which we really want to do Scott um and the party is themed on wear your favourite sporting attire kit anything shirt, you've got sporting shirt, shirt maybe your favourite socks your favourite shoes what what piece of clothing would you be wearing don't say Michael Jordan everyone's wearing that <laughs> Ooh, it would be a baseball cap with uh, my British Army full colours uh, badge on them. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I had this fluorescent baseball cap and I had these, they gave you a badge when you got the full colours. And uh, I just stuck this on this ridiculous fluorescent cap and it's been on there for ages. So I think I'd have to wear that. What, what did you get full colours for? Uh, cross country. Ah, you see, that's going back to, I was lucky enough to go to private school for my sixth form. And when you talk about colours and stuff like that that's part of representing your house yeah. and stuff like yeah. that which is something we've spoken about it before mm-hmm. we haven't got long enough we could go into house sport and stuff like that but it's um sir it's been an absolute pleasure thank well, you absolute pleasure we this this sorry is, this, to our listeners for not being able to get yeah. any <laughs> local sport yeah. we have got fraser james gilbert alexander on the show and boy has he lit it up this is um i mean this is i'm going to call this part one we're wrapping up part <laughs> one <laughs> There will be there will be a part two, maybe even a part three. Um, yeah, we wish you all the best. Obviously, great to hear you're now educating. You know the yeah. the youth of you. uh, the youth of tomorrow. Um, yeah, and we hope to uh, see you again soon. As always, you can link up with the rest of the team tomorrow morning from six o'clock. You've got Sam Steen at six o'clock. You've got Steps in his lunchbox at 12. And then you've got Melissa Dalton. You enjoyed that one there, yeah? Um, you've got Melissa Dalton from three till six. She's got the home stretch. You've got Dave Burrows with his DB3 shows. And you've got the Hangover show, which has proven quite popular, 10 o'clock on a Sunday. You can tune in this Sunday evening um, for our uh, international sports show, which will have a lot. We'll have a lot of uh, local sport content as well. We've got two, um, this two week. judo athletes coming oh, in. Oh, we've got some uh, athletes from the world of judo yeah, coming in. Tom what and Jesper. What about that time I got chucked around? Do you remember that? I swear my elbow still never, <laughs> never, never recovered from that. But um, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I'll leave you with this one. And uh, until then, it's cheer. Au revoir.